Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. Today's story is yet another where we prove that DNA is a vital piece of evidence and the importance of collecting DNA and running it through the proper databases. On November 1st, 1993, a woman was strangled to death in California by a serial killer who, had DNA not been collected, may still be on the loose and taking more lives. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Ivan Jerome Hill was born on March 30th, 1961 in Los Angeles, California, the second of what would be five children. Ivan spent most of his childhood dealing with a father whose aggression seemed to know no bounds. And shortly before Christmas in 1968, it finally bubbled over and he shot Ivan's mother in the face with a 22 caliber rifle. With his father cuffed and off to prison, Ivan's mother shockingly survived her brutal attack and divorced her husband. Due to the financial hardships and raising five kids on her own, Ivan's grandmother became an integral part of his upbringing, and while his mother worked, he took care of his younger siblings to try and help in any way he could. Despite the horrible hand he was dealt, Ivan did his best in school, playing sports and even being elected the team captain of his Pomona High School football team. Everyone seemed to like him, and he made his way through most of school with little to no issue. But in 1978, just a year before his graduation, Ivan became heavily addicted to drugs, lost all of his interest in school, and started racking up a pretty hefty criminal record littered with robberies and theft to try and feed his drug habit. 
In January of 1978, 17-year-old Ivan and an 18-year-old accomplice named Vincent Myers robbed a liquor store in Glendora and, before fleeing the building, Vincent had pulled the trigger and killed one of the store's employees, injuring another along the way. Vincent was sentenced to life imprisonment and, because he was a minor and had cooperated with police, Ivan was given a short sentence during which time he graduated high school, got his diploma, and started attending one of the local colleges. Once released in the mid-1980s, Ivan spent most of his time hopping from address to address in the San Gabriel Valley and working various odd jobs. Feeling as though his work paid too little for his lifestyle, Ivan went back to what he knew and, by 1993, had committed several robberies, was arrested in 1994, and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Now, while all of his crimes seemed to be physically harmless, his most recent stint in prison did force him to submit some blood samples that were then run through the system. While he awaited his February 2004 release, that system came up with a few matches that not only turned him from thief to murderer, but upgraded him straight to a previously unidentified serial killer, the 60 Freeway Killer. According to the samples, Ivan had left DNA behind at at least six different crime scenes in the suburbs all around Los Angeles, dating all the way back to November 1st of 1993. That's the day that he strangled 37-year-old Betty Sue Harris in Pomona. But in total, he was suspected of at least nine murders dating from 1986 to 1994, all of which were black women who were strangled to death and dumped along East-West Highway, or the road known better as California State Route 60, thus earning him his moniker as the 60 Freeway Killer. He also committed at least one of the Southside Slayer murders in South Los Angeles, with police suspecting that there were more he was involved in. With the help of his DNA, Ivan was officially connected and charged with the murders of Betty Sue Harris, 31-year-old Roxanne Bates, who lived in Pomona but was found in Chino, 36-year-old Helen Ruth Hill, who was strangled in Walnut, 35-year-old Donna L. Goldsmith, who was found in November of 1993, 34-year-old Cheryl Sayers, who was found near Pomona in December of 1993, and 33-year-old Deborah Brown, who was found on January 12, 1994, in Ontario. All of their deaths unsolved until the thief ended up behind bars. In fact, the police denied the cases were even connected until the body of Cheryl Sayers showed up, providing a moment of clarity to the investigators. All of the women were in their 30s. All were black, and most were sex workers. With her death came very little doubt that a serial killer was active in their area. However, I'm sure they never expected to catch their suspect by such a coincidence. Had they not taken Ivan's DNA, the cases may still be unsolved to this day. His trial began in October of 2006, at which time his lawyers argued his painful and abusive childhood led to mental, emotional, and behavioral problems that ended in murder. And Ivan himself claimed that all occurred while he was in an unwell state of mind, controlled by a depressive disorder that resulted in confusion and impulsive action. He claimed that in September of 1993, a breakup with his girlfriend, dismissal from work, and drug addiction led to his horrendous actions. The court, however, deemed these matters to be of little significance and found that he was sane at the time of the murders. 
During the trial, the jury were played telephone recordings with police dispatch and heard a then unidentified Ivan Hill admit to killing a woman, telling them where to find her in an Ontario park and on a second call warning, quote, y'all better catch me before I kill again. And I did, um, what's this, number five or six? I forget, but she's out there. At the end of his trial, 45-year-old Ivan Hill was convicted of all six counts of first-degree murder. And after heart-wrenching testimony from the victim's families at sentencing and his own mother's who told of his savage abuse that started when he was just a newborn, he was given the death penalty on March 21st, 2007. Then, in late 2008, Ivan's DNA received another hit, and he was charged with the murder of 35-year-old Lorna Reed, who was strangled to death in San Dimas, and the murder of 23-year-old Rhonda Jackson, who was killed in 1987 in Pomona. Ivan pleaded guilty and was given an additional life term without parole. As of 2019, 59-year-old Ivan Hill is still alive and awaiting his execution in San Quentin. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.